जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी गोपी जनवल्लभ गिरीवरधारी गोपी जनवल्लभ गिरीवरधारी यशोदनंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदनंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यमुना तीरवनचारी यमुना तीरवनचारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी गोपी जनवल्लभ गिरीवरधारी यशोदनंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यशोदनंदन ब्रजजन रंजन यमुना तीरवनचारी यमुना तीरवनचारी यमुना तीरवनचारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी 
जय राधा माधव कुंज बिहारी प्रभुपाद की जय ग्रंथराज श्रीमद भागवतम की जय समेत भक्तवृंद की जय जय निताय हरे कृष्णा सो टुडे वी आर रीडिंग फ्रॉम श्रीमद भागवतम कैंटो सिक्स चैप्टर एटीन कॉल्ड एस दीति वाउस टू किल किंग इंद्रा so we'll be reading text 31 and we'll also go through text 32 because text 31 and 32 don't have any purports so we'll focus on the purports on text 33 and 34 om namo bhagavate vasudevaya नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय ओम नमो भगवते वासुदेवाय नारायण नमस्कृत्य नरंचम दैवी सरस्वती व्यास तथो जय मुधीर नष्टु अभद्रेशु निगवत सेवया भगवती उत्तम श्लोके भक्तिर्भवतीर्णिकी कृष्णा वासुदेवाय देवकी नंदनाय नंदगोपकुमराय गोविंदय नमो नम टेक्स्ट थर्टी वन भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परमप्रीतो प्रहस्य परमप्रीतो दिमाहांद्यच शुश्रूषितस्ता 
भगवान् परमप्रीतो दिमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो दिमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो दिमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो दीतीमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो दीतीमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो दिमाभिनंद्यूषितात भगवान्श्यपस्त्रिया प्रहस्य परम प्रीतो पावरफुल स्त्रिया बाय द वुमन प्रहस्य स्माइलिंग परमप्रीतः, बीइंग वेरी प्लीज्ड, दीथीम टू दीति आह सेड अभिनंद्य अप्रूविंग च ऑल्सो ट्रांसलेशन ओ माय डियर वन द मोस्ट पावरफुल सेज कश्यप सॉरी O my dear one, the most powerful sage Kashyapa, being extremely 
pleased by the mild behavior of his wife Diti, smiled and spoke to her as follows. There is no purport, so we'll go to the next one. Kashyapa Muni said, O oh, beautiful woman, O oh, irreproachable lady, since I am very pleased by your behavior, you may ask me for any benediction you want. If a husband is pleased, if a husband is pleased, what desires are difficult for his wife to obtain, either in this world or in the next? There is no purport here as well. We will go to 33-34. A husband is the supreme demigod for a woman. A husband is the supreme demigod for a woman. The supreme personality of Godhead, Lord Vasudev, the husband of the goddess of fortune, is situated in everyone's heart and is worshipped through the various names and forms of the demigods by fruitive workers. By fruitive workers. Similarly, a husband represents the Lord as the object of worship for a woman. Similarly, a husband represents the Lord as the object of worship for a woman. Purport, Vashila Prabhupada ki jai. The Lord says in Bhagavad Gita 9.23, Ya api anya devata bhakta, yajante shraddhayanvitaha, te api maam eva kaunteya, yajanti avidhi purvakam. Whatever a man may sacrifice to other gods, O son of Kunti, is really meant for me alone. But it is offered without true understanding. The demigods are various assistants who act like the hands and legs of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. One who is not in direct touch with the Supreme Lord, I repeat, one who is not in direct touch with the Supreme Lord and cannot conceive of the exalted position of the Lord is sometimes advised to worship the demigods as various parts of the Lord. If women, if women who are usually very much attached to their husbands worship their husbands as representatives of Vasudev, the women benefit. Just as Ajamil benefited by calling for Narayan, his son. Ajamil was concerned with his son. Ajamil was concerned with his son. But because of his attachment to the name of Narayana, he attained salvation simply by chanting that name. In India, a husband is still called Pati Guru, the husband spiritual master. 
if husband and wife are attached to one another if husband and wife are attached to one another for advancement in krishna consciousness if husband and wife are attached to one another for advancement in krishna consciousness their relationship of cooperation is very effective for such advancement although the names of indra and agni are sometimes uttered in the vedic mantras although the names of indra and agni are sometimes uttered in the vedic mantras for example indraya swaha agnaye swaha although these names are uttered the vedic sacrifices are actually performed for the satisfaction of the lord vishnu as long as one is very much attached to material sense gratification as long as one is very much attached to material sense gratification the worship of the demigods or the worship of one's husband is recommended okay. i repeat as long as one is very much attached to material sense gratification then the worship of the demigods or the worship of one's husband is recommended ओम ज्ञानतिमरांध्य ज्ञानाजनशलाखा चक्षुरुन्मीत तस्म श्रीगुरव नम श्रीचैतन्यमनोभीष्ट स्थात भूतले स्वयं कदाम ददाती स्वदाकुखा कौती वाचा पंगुम लंघाते गिरी यत्तमहम वंदे श्रीगुरूदीनताण वाचाकलपतरूभ्य कृपा सिंधुभ्य पतिता पावनेभ्यो वैष्णवेभ्यो नमो नमः जय श्री कृष्ण चैतन्य प्रभूनंद श्रीअद्वैत गदाधार श्रीवासादी गौरभक्तवृंद हरे कृष्णा हरे कृष्णा 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 हरे 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 रामा हरे रामा राम रामा हरे हरे Oh my dear one the most powerful sage kashyap being extremely pleased by the mild behavior of his wife diti smiled and spoke to her as follows so this chapter describes starts by describing the lineage of aditi Kashyapa Muni had two wives, Aditi and Diti. Through Aditi, whoever, whatever lineage came, those are the devatas, the demigods. And so the Bhagavatam in this chapter starts describing who those personalities are in pedigree. 
then the bhagavatam moves on in this chapter to describe the descendants of his other wife which is diti whose lineage is replete with demons however suddenly in this pedigree of demons appear the maruts who are demigods so a mother who is constantly producing demonic children suddenly is producing godly children pious children so this is very intriguing so the explanation is given as to how hiranyakashipu and hiranyaksha who were the first two children of diti were killed by lord vishnu himself however who did the chavi marne ka kaam no who did the no what is that called as who instigated lord vishnu to do it lord indra so therefore <laughs> diti is upset with indra because he is the one who who did that no who instigated this whole thing so she so she wants to seek revenge so so diti wants to destroy indra so she starts with that desire now here is the dichotomy in this verse here is the contradiction in this section diti now to kill indra indra is a devotee or not yes he is a devotee yes we understand that devatas are mishri bhaktas just like all of us also right of course they are much more devoted than than at least i am but devatas are actually devotees of the lord they are in alignment with the lord's purpose they work in alignment with the lord's purpose but because devatas are also subject to the three modes of material nature because at the end of the day they are also jiva tatvas devatas are not vishnu tatvas devatas are jiva tatvas of course vishnu tatva can come as dev devata if lord desires he can come as a devata however generally they belong to um jiva jiva tatva and therefore they also come under tathastha shakti marginal potency marginal potency means sometimes there is a tendency or a proclivity to go on this side of devotion or to go on that side of non devotion <laughs> that is tathastha shakti and most conditioned souls in a day vacillate between these two modes they sometimes go here sometimes go there sometimes we also do that right sometimes we are overly affectionate with devotees sometimes we stop talking to some devotee <laughs> so the three modes of material nature act on devotees as well to the extent that we are not surrendered ye yathamam prapadyante tam sthataiva bhajamyam our purity is directly proportional to our extent of surrender to the extent we are surrendered we are immune from the three modes of material nature to the extent we are not surrendered we are susceptible or vulnerable to these modes hmm. so diti who is ordinarily produced so many asuric children and when you associate with such asuric children by default there is a large inclination towards an asuric mentality also right so diti begins the mood of diti begins with an asuric mentality which is not good not conducive what is that mentality to kill a devotee that's not a good mentality so the beginning of diti's mood is very 
asuric in its nature but though she has asuric mentality she follows a very sura process vaishnava process and because of that she gets in the end a good outcome devotee children who doesn't want devotee children who doesn't want their children to be devotees and who doesn't want to beget devotees as their children both everyone wants right so she got that outcome though she began with a asuric mentality she got a good outcome why because the mentality was bad but the process was purifying so that is the power of devotional service which is coming in this section whereas if you look at the mood of indra indra is a devotee normally he is in a sura mentality but because he is tatashta he is vulnerable he is subject to the three modes of material nature so though he all normally acts in accordance with the will of the lord he succumbs to his own moment of selfishness and ends up setting a poor example for others just a moment of selfishness a moment of spontaneous impropriety wherein he knowing very well now that she has got children in the womb he tries to he cuts the children into some 49 pieces <laughs> right that's not very vaishnavic if you like so we see asuric side following a devotional process and getting a purified outcome and we see a devotee succumbing to the three modes of material nature and acting in a poor manner and setting a bad example so this is the dichotomy in this particular section sorry i thought i had muted but it is keeping on buzzing for some reason <laughs> i am talking about insecurity and then i'll tell you something related why my phone is buzzing all the time <laughs> so indra's mood is based on insecurity his own insecurity is always insecure that somebody will come and take up his position similarly we are also very insecure hmm? right so you know based on some insecurity we set up this ring alarm whatever you know that ring you know you know that button which you press and then you know, people enter your house so we set up that alarm so every one minute it is telling someone is passing from outside your house it's irritating <laughs> full night after 3 o'clock i could not sleep somebody is passing somebody is passing i'm going to shut that off now. that is my insecurity so i was talking about insecurity and this is what happened mm-hmm. all right so much so for security in this world mm-hmm. so we are this section talks about indra's revengeful indra's insecurity and his mentality which leads him to certain actions and deeti's vengeful mentality and a purifying process which has purified her eventually and given her a good outcome however today's specific verse focuses at that point in time in this whole past time there is one point in time when kashyapa muni is succumbing to deeti's charming words <laughs> prabhu ji you know so he is succumbing to deeti's charming words and this is that point when he is succumbing to deeti's charming behavior and he is also taking some decisions based on that that is this is the verse now 
again there is a dichotomy in this verse there is a contrast here this verse shows two aspects of kashyapa muni it shows kashyapa muni's vulnerability as a husband hmm? are husbands vulnerable <laughs> yes right so it shows the kashyapa muni's vulnerability as a husband nevertheless kashyapa muni though he is little vulnerable to his wife still it shows his fixation as a muni it shows both his vulnerability as a husband but in that vulnerability he does not lose his wisdom of a muni that he is so both are there hmm? in this section verse 31 and 32 demonstrate his vulnerability where he is very pleased with his wife just because she has approached him in a very meek manner and a humble manner hmm? he is very pleased hmm? let us read once again so to get understand the mood the most powerful sage kashyapa being extremely pleased by what by the mild behavior of his wife diti smiled and spoke to her as follows and what did he speak oh beautiful woman oh irreproachable lady hmm? since i am very much pleased by your behavior you may ask me for any benediction you want <laughs> if a husband is pleased what desires are difficult for his wife to obtain either in this world or in the next So these are the kind of words he is speaking in his vulnerability as a husband because his wife has momentarily charmed him with her behavior and in that he is calling her irreproachable oh irreproachable lady her desire what was her desire to kill indra how can that behavior be called as irreproachable by any means and terms it can't be but still he is calling her oh irreproachable lady this shows his vulnerability as a husband simply because she spoke to him nicely okay in one sense this is the power of sweet speech this is the power of sweet speech many spirit many um, global leaders who are very very intelligent and who are very very strategic have have been easily captured by the sweet words and behavior of a woman <laughs> and countries have fallen down <laughs> because of that right so this is how vulnerable hmm, one is so 31 and 32 talk about that vulnerability however if you see 33 words 33 and 34 are combined it talks about a different side of kashyapa muni it talks about the wise side of kashyapa muni hmm? let's read again to understand he now says a husband is the supreme demigod for a woman now he is talking shastras the supreme personality of godhead lord vasudeva vasudeva which means now he is already in the mode of transcendental goodness because talking about the lord now the supreme personality of godhead lord vasudeva the husband of the goddess of fortune is situated in everyone's heart and is worshiped through the various names and forms of the demigods by fruitive workers so quickly kashyapa muni is showing the wisdom that i know you are speaking these sweet words out of fruitive mentality not because you have sudden some love for me coming in your heart <laughs> so this is the wisdom 
his vulnerability and suddenly you know his wisdom as a muni is coming now so then he says similarly a husband represents the lord as the object of worship for a woman so he's you no know, so this is very interesting hmm. now the opening um, statement of kashyapa muni if you see a husband is the supreme demigod for a woman <laughs> this is a big statement hmm. right so this statement is metaphorical in its nature we have to understand that we can't take it literally hmm. it is metaphorical in one sense why i am saying it can be taken literally in certain situations only but generally it is metaphorical especially the current ages husbands <laughs> most husbands right hmm. we saw in the newspapers in india it's a big thing that is going on right now i don't know how many of you heard this this person he developed this lady she left her parents hmm, to marry this particular man hmm, she who she met on some instagram or something like that this girl went and married this man against the desires and advice of her family she fought with her father everything and she married this person and this man he murdered her <laughs> he killed her chopped her and then threw her body parts all over to avoid you know um, you know any uh, police detection and now this, he has been caught now all those worms are coming out hmm? so much for love marriage and eloping with someone trusting that person hmm? so therefore when you see today in this context the husband is a supreme demigod for a woman what <laughs> right if if that if people who are friends of that lady read this first statement of kashyapa muni from shrimad bhagavatam they will lose faith in shrimad bhagavatam <laughs> this is nonsense what a fanatical statement hmm? so therefore the shrimad bhagavatam is not accessible for people who are subjugated by the three modes of material nature that the shrimad bhagavatam is transcendental hmm? so the shrimad bhagavatam has to be understood also very carefully if spoken in front of an immature audience the woman will take up cudgels <laughs> right if if you go and say in that statement the husband is the supreme you know demigod for a woman how can you say that hmm? in, because there is a context to it hmm? however if we observe closely the next immediate lines of translation we see what is kashyapa muni trying to tell here to diti we cannot see that one line in isolation the husband is a supreme demigod for a woman can't see that in isolation we have to see it in in its integration with the points that are coming downstream hmm. what are those the point is trying to make is not simply glorifying the male gender hmm, or the male species hmm, in saying that he is not coming from a male chauvinistic uh, point of view or a hedonistic mentality that i am the husband you know therefore husband is a supreme demigod for a woman no no he is not coming he is a muni at the end of the day let's understand that he is not an ordinary conditioned soul so why will a muni make such a statement he uses the analogy of supreme demigod for a husband to show what is the mood with which common people worship the demigods that is what he is trying to show by using that metaphor is trying to get and make his wife understand that i know my dear wife hmm, why you are approaching me suddenly why this nicety towards me prabhu ji <laughs> why suddenly this behavior right hmm. 
you are trying to please me from your own fruitive mentality you have certain vested interests and you have carefully with a cold blooded approach you have come to me <laughs> you have thought through it very nicely you want, you know that i am powerful enough to grant a benediction you have thought through very nicely and with a manipulative mentality you have approached me for your own interest so your glorification does is, is not reflecting any true affection for me therefore he is saying the husband is the supreme demigod for a woman in that sense because the husband as people approach demigods with a fruitive mentality and sing the glories of the demigods with a vested interest for fruitive results thereafter similarly i know that you are approaching me like this and then he compares deity's worship or veneration or behavior unto him coming from a fruitive platform so that's what he's establishing at the outset so he's telling his wife i am not a fool <laughs> i understand right yes you spoke to me sweetly so now i am obliged to do something for you but please understand i know you very well why you are telling this right of course being a muni being a devotee of the lord kashyapa muni will not give a benediction which will ultimately be harmful for his wife that is the devotee vaishnava aspect of you know uh, kashyapa muni therefore his benediction ultimately gives results to the maruts right now shila prabhupad's purports shila prabhupad's purports if but for shila prabhupad's purports we would not have understood this verse when you study shila prabhupad's purports then shila prabhupad's mood comes out in this purport so he he brings out the mood of kashyapa muni very well by writing a very appropriate purport here so shila prabhupad Spurports here reiterate the same mentality that Kardamamuni seems to have comprehended of his wife. <laughs> If you see bulk of Sri La Prabhupada's purport that we read today, it exposes the selfish mood. It exposes the selfish mood with which the pious living entities approach the demigods, the celestial beings. So I was doing a program in some suburb, you know, last week. so um, it was a guest lecture program so i had just gone there and i was talking to some people and one lady said i worship all the devi devatas sab mere liye priya hai everyone is you know on monday i worship x on tuesday i worship y on wednesday i fast for z on thursday i worship a friday b saturday c and sunday d <laughs> so i worship like that then i told her there are 16108 what about the others she said i can't at least you know all these people i said why specifically zeroing on these people she said because they have all been instrumental in my life so our approach or worship towards the demigods is like the treasury department handles corporate finance in a company <laughs> invest little bit in us dollars invest little bit in japanese yen invest little bit in euros invest little bit in canadian dollar invest in indian rupee invest in australian dollar in case one fails the other will bail you out no <laughs> that is our approach towards devatas in case lord ganesh is not incidentally pleased you know let me worship you know durga devi also lest she doesn't hear me on a day at least sai baba will help me 
So hedge your foreign exchange. Don't have any affection towards any one single. Don't have faith in anyone. Hedge yourself. Spread yourself wide. And call it as I am very secular in my worship. <laughs> Under the name of secularism, do anything. Right? Whereas Lord Krishna cuts this mentality in Bhagavad Gita saying, Vyavasayitmika buddhi rekeha kurunandana. Bahushakahi anantascha buddhayo avyavasayinam. Unless we have single pointed focus towards Krishna, then what happens? Bahu shakha. Our mind is many branch. Shakha means branch. It will go here, there, everywhere. So therefore, Lord Krishna tells Arjun, focus on me alone. And that is the point that Prabhupada is also trying to hammer in today's purport. Right? So, Prabhupada is talking about fixation towards Krishna. Now somebody may ask, I, am, I have fixation, but not to Krishna. Somebody may say, I am fixed. Ma Durge and Ma Durge alone. Koi nahi. Right? So what does it, now what, what happens when that happens? What about a fixation to a particular demigod? Now, we have to understand that if you probe deeper into why that person is fixed, has that fixation towards a demigod, what will you usually find? Just probe little bit deep. Don't get intimidated. Don't start doubting the philosophy. Just probe little deep, that's all. In two seconds it will come out. <laughs> fixation towards a particular demigod is usually also, usually I'm saying, usually it is not based on bhakti. Usually. 99% it is not. Some 1% case may be there. It is not based out of bhakti. Hmm? The platform of such fixation to a demigod, also we will usually observe that it is based on some positive reciprocation or adjustment of karma that has happened as a result of worshipping some demigod. Hmm? I was explaining in my Bhakti Vriksha program last Friday, <coughs> because we are talking about the topic of demigods. Hmm? I was giving the example of one lady, Mrs. Gupta, who used to stay in, in our building many years back. Hmm? So, she was very Devi Ma. Hmm? So then my mother asked her, what Bhakti hmm? to Devi? And she was. Every Friday, she will call building people and she will give Chana. <laughs> Along with something like that. Okay, every Friday. Hmm? Even we will not worship Lord Krishna with such fixation. <laughs> she worshipped you know, like that. So, then we asked one day, Mataji, what happened? How come this bhakti has come to Durga Devi, Santoshi Mata? She's, she started crying. She said, my son, we were in the United States. My son was swimming in the swimming pool. And then my son suddenly drowned. Hmm? And then I worshipped, I called out, Durga Ma, please help me. And then what happened? Lo and behold, she helped. Hmm? The lifesaver came, dived inside, took out my son. And since that day, my life is for Santoshi Mata. Now, is this wrong? Not at all. Not at all. This is actually very, very good. Because this shows gratitude. This shows gratitude. Without gratitude, we are not even human beings, right? So definitely Prabhupada says that we must have gratitude towards the demigods. But the problem is 
that she never tried to understand what durga devi wants <laughs> she loves durga devi because she gave an outcome in her life in terms of what she wanted at that time the rescue of her son which is good and out of gratitude she worships durga devi there's no doubt about it nothing wrong with it it must be done however she failed to understand what is durga devi's will and what is durga devi's will srishti sthiti pralaya sadhana shakti reka chhayeva yasya bhuvanani bibharti durga ichchanu roopam apiyasya chachestate sa govindam adipurusham tamaham bajanu durga devi herself conducts conducts herself in accordance with the will of krishna now this mrs gupta did not understand <laughs> because she never had exposure to sila prabhupada's books she never read the brahma samhita so for her durga devi was the all in all so sometimes we will see in this material world even fixation with a particular demigod has got something to do with a particular circumstance hmm? does it happen with lord krishna also our faith with lord krishna also unfortunately yes right we also go to lord krishna and says lord krishna i'm chanting 16 rounds following four regulatory principles i'm trying my best not to offend vaishnava now you please remove this problem in my life <laughs> we go to krishna also with furtive mentality hmm? we also have fixation towards lord krishna thanks to srila prabhupad all of us we can say we have fixation to lord krishna at least but we go to krishna hmm? any time some problem comes what happens even if our hand gets burnt in that when cooking when frying papad papadam what happens krishna we say right that means what by default prabhupada has made that conditioning earlier before coming to krishna consciousness what he would have said ouch <laughs> that is what he would have said now it's krishna like that at least that has come spontaneously what happens our mind is calling out to krishna or if some seem if some danger happens and say lord narsimha deva no at least this is prabhupada that is given us that but still we are still in the fire of vaidhi sadhana bhakti we have still not got over our fruitive mentality so we go with our desires to lord krishna but still this is not the in the same league as mrs gupta <laughs> right why the lord himself says chaturvida bhajante mam i accept so even going to lord krishna at a time of distress is acceptable rupa goswami says anya abhilashita shunyam the word sita refers to what that approaching lord krishna to relieve oneself from material distress is not precluded from the domain of bhakti it is not outside the domain of bhakti so if we are asking lord protection from some danger then the lord is still considered as bhakti only right it still comes under pure bhakti of course we don't go to the lord krishna and say lord i am going for auction next week please do some magic so that you know nobody turns up for the auction and i get it well below the reserve price now this is nonsense this is not distress <laughs> right this is not really from distress this is you know this is something else you know lord says why do you want big house <laughs> you can worship me anywhere if you want correct no so this is we have to understand this is so we we don't put our aspirations on the lord saying the lord for your pleasure i will do big program in that house <laughs> program you can do in any house <laughs> from our bhakta bhavan so many devotees have come what is the size of bhakta bhavan right so program you can do any house so we have to accept that we have to accept humbly that we have material desires 
okay no no tricking the lord right and but because prabhupada has given us one pointedness at least the good part is we go with this material desires to lord krishna at least that's a good part and but what if lord krishna does not fulfill that desire <laughs> that is a test of our single pointedness then do we say ah oh, it doesn't work mate <laughs> let me go back to ma durga and see what happens now no. let me go to her do we do that no obviously not we don't do that right hmm? we don't hedge beyond lord krishna hmm? initially in the initial stages of devotional service we may get upset with the lord have you got upset with the lord you don't have to raise your hand but you know you have <laughs> sometimes we do get upset lord why you are not removing this problem in my life you know you know i'm crying to you since the last you know few years but somehow or the other why did you put me in this situation what have i done hmm? how can you just stand there with a the flute smiling like this when i am terrified in my life and i am still worshiping you only day in and day out right so sometimes the mind can give such develop such has a tendency to develop such uh, um mood towards inimical mood towards the lord also where we tell him why are you doing this hmm? but that's because of our own conditioning but in one class i was hearing we may think that lord is not under control but the lord is always under control he knows what he is doing in our lives we may think he is not in control but he is the supreme controller right but we may not understand it because we are right now lamenting under the subjugation of the three modes of material nature it is easy to lecture in a vyasasan but going through that situation is difficult right we know it is but we can't help it <laughs> sometimes it happens in life like that right but still we have to understand whatever it is just staying in the process of krishna consciousness we are safe in the long run in the short term krishna may give whatever he wants to do but in the long term lord is in control so he knows through all those difficulties where he is taking us he knows exactly where he is leading us to we may not know we may think he has given us up or we may have tendency to give him up also <laughs> that is possible right so therefore the devotee's mood towards worshiping lord krishna prabhupada is contrasting in this purport okay with the mood with which the karmis approach the demigods so similarly prabhupada is giving in you know this analogy here that similarly husband and wife relationship nowadays has also become um, similar based on satisfying each other's material desires and aspirations and as long as grihastha ashram as long as older life is based on this principle then that married life will be finished in in two course right in india <laughs> we have seen even most of the parents are also not educated in the scriptures so if you go and ask let's say someone who is not exposed to krishna consciousness or even someone who is new to krishna consciousness do you have a daughter yes what kind of bridegroom do you want for your daughter hmm? what kind of bridegroom if you are the father of a daughter how do you want your son in law to be 
Tell me. <laughs> Aladdin comes and asks. Ask and thou shall get. What will you ask? He should be. Dikhne me thoda bhot. Unnis bis chalta hai. He should be good looking. Right? Think about. Now meditate. Meditate very carefully. We are devotees. We know we are not this body. But do we aspire for our daughters to be married to someone who is good looking at least? We don't know. Some people may say, okay, it doesn't matter, right? But outside world, if you look at 100%, they are looking for someone who is good looking. But if you tell them that the person is looks very good, but he's Kangal number one, he doesn't have, he's bankrupt. What will happen? Ah! No, no, we'll compromise on little bit looks okay, but bankrupt. No, 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 no. He should also have little bit of the moolah, the money. He should have money. <laughs> right? Then he say, I have found someone. Hmm? Very good looking and lot of money. Hmm? But little bit, you know, crack. <laughs> ah, no, no, no. He, he tried getting through the education system somehow, but, you know, school dropout and, you know, kind of. But very good looking, huh? Lot of money is there. No, no, he should be intelligent also. <laughs> hmm? Right? He should be intelligent also. Hmm? Now, if all these criteria are met, okay, hmm? then someone says he's very, you know, good looking, intelligent, everything. Hmm? But he has only one problem he can beat your daughter. Very good looking, very wealthy, top class intelligent. He studied in IIT, Harvard University, you know. Only one problem, beats the, he can beat your daughter. Will you give? I know, <laughs> right? So despite having all these qualities, what he should be? He should be humble. He should massage the feet of the father-in-law and mother-in-law also. <laughs> Will you get such a person in this world? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but most likely not. <laughs> right? So therefore, our, even as parents, our expectations are like that. Right? So if we have such expectations, why should we blame our daughter if she also has expectations like this? Of the ideal husband. Ticking all the boxes. And the husband also wants the wife to tick all the boxes. Hmm? She should be obedient like, she should be educated from IIM Ahmedabad and as humble as Mother Sita. No. <laughs> she should bring in money also, so that the mortgage can be paid, double income. Mortgage can come. And very, she should be capable to bring money inside. At the same time, she should also take care of all household responsibilities. I am the man in the house. No. So husbands also have such you know, mentalities, right? So therefore, with such mentality, marriages are not going to work. <laughs> right? So, husband and wife's relationship usually we see in the outside world is also based on satisfying each other's material desires and fulfilling each other's material expectations of one another. Hmm? Such a husband, there is only one person. Who is that? Aishwaryasya samagrasya viryasya yashashriya jnana vairagyasya shannam bhaga itingana. Person who has got all these qualities in full. So the daughter can only marry Lord Krishna to be happy. Hmm? Nobody else. But is it possible? Practically possible? We can say how nice it will be. Hmm? Right? 
but sometimes when the daughter says, okay, I am going, like Andal, Andal wanted to marry Sri Ranganatha, right? Hmm? Like our, our daughter also says that, you know, she wants to marry the deities. How many parents will be able to digest it, even though being in Krishna consciousness, right? Difficult, right? Hmm? So therefore, mostly, even as practicing devotees, our daughters will be married to imperfect men. And even as practicing uh, devotees, our sons could be married to imperfect women. We have to accept this reality. And the daughter and son also should accept, know that. That my husband is not, I should not, oh, he, I should not put him under the pedestal of Kashyapa Muni. <laughs> right? And husband also should not say that, you know, she should be the, you know, like Mother Sita. Husband is neither Ramchandra nor wife is Mother Sita. Reality of this material world, even as devotees, is going to be this. And it's better to accept it. Material life is not going to become any different in its challenges, yes? Of course, as devotees, we may make little bit more judicious decisions than what non-devotees, because at least we have the framework of the Shastras. At least we have the, we see, we can see the whole concept of marriage with a spiritual lens. But there is no guarantees, <laughs> right? And who knows, out of such marriage, Lord Krishna may have a plan to purify us as Vaishnavas in a different way. Therefore, he may give us challenges in that marriage also. That is also possible. That's why we see even sometimes two Vaishnavas marry, it may not work. Because the Lord may have other plans. He may want something, some mentality to go away from both those people. Of course, as devotees, we, we try as much as possible. Like Prabhupada said, there is no divorce, once married. In devotional life, usually one does not think of that option at all. We try to work out and we try to go deeper and deeper and try to find out what does Lord Krishna want out of this. Right? So, in this verse, if you see, the um, Prabhupada and Kashyapa Muni specifically is bringing out this aspect that this, this particular section is talking more about the wife's responsibilities. It talks about the fact that the wife can actually easily win over the husband if she speaks sweetly. And this is not the first time that it is coming in Srimad. In earlier sections also, Prabhupada writes this. What are the two things that can win the heart of a man? Good cook and sweet words. Right? Good cook. Nicely made gulab jamun throws it at the husband. <laughs> Take gulab jamun. I've made it. Eat and finish. Go to work now. <laughs> gulab jamun is not tasting only sweet. Right? Hmm? But if she says, please, Prabhuji, bite na, khaiye na. Hmm? Please sit. Please accept my humble offering unto your lotus feet. Of course, we don't speak all that. But even with a smile, if she says, hey, it's your, you know, I, I, gulab jamun you like, no, I have made gulab jamun for you. Husband will eat, right? Even if gulab jamun, little bit less sugar is there, still it's okay. Because the sweetness of the word compensates for the sugar in the gulab jamun. <laughs> right? Otherwise, with harsh words, otherwise, you know, gulab jamun may have too much of sugar, but it will give a bitter taste hmm? with harsh words. So that is what is pointed out. So actually, the job of a lady is actually very simple. Keeping the marriage, this one, two tips which Prabhupada gives can save marriages, you know, 
big big failures can be saved by this simple principle of putting a point sweetly <laughs> of course there are many things that ladies can do i learned from one example you know um, in mumbai there was one temple chapati temple in mumbai and uh, there was this mataji his her husband was not coming to the temple the wife used to come but very regularly nishtha every morning she will be there in the temple angalarti and deity worship everything all boxes ticked very nicely so one day when she was sitting after that and she was talking to one of the um, um, saints who was attached who is attached to the temple so she was asking this swami this maharaj maharaj um so 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 no the maharaj observed her hmm? this particular maharaj he observed her and asked her that where is your husband so she said actually my mother in law is not well therefore my husband you know is taking care of uh, his mother my mother in law and uh, you know i am taking i am coming for services in the temple because he is taking care of her so what did he advise her maharaj advised her that from tomorrow can you do something tomorrow onwards you take care of mother in law and let husband come to the temple and that was a master stroke advice master stroke the husband became one of the biggest congregational preachers in that congregation from the starting point where the husband was not coming to the temple regularly that was the point right the husband can be easily won over if simply the wife starts respecting the husband's mother yes the husband's mother is not a perfect woman are we perfect are we perfect do we guarantee that when we become mother in laws we will become perfect the perfect mother in law i will be can anyone guarantee that no way nobody can guarantee it's arrogance to think that i am perfect right so there will be some imperfections i am not talking about out extreme cases right where the mother in law says bring dowry or i will pour kerosene petrol and set you ablaze we are not say hey, hari bol please put more petrol you know i am vaishnav no 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 we are not talking about being foolhardy here that common sense everyone has we are talking about the small things what is the small thing wife wants to cook brinjal mother in law wants to cook bitter gourd is this a point to fight with mother in law Okay, come on, let go, let go. Don't fight over small, small things. These small, small bickering. So we really have to understand: is this a small problem or is it something big problem? Small problems become big because of what? The big things which sits on our head. What does that call that? Paul's ego, ahankar. <laughs> small thing. Okay, make brinjal or bitter. How does it matter? Both are good vegetables. If mother-in-law is saying something, okay, do it. If mother-in-law says, okay. today as per our customs you have to say lalita sahasra namam hmm? okay no vyavasayatmika buddhi ekah kurunandana bahu shakahi anantascha buddhayo avyavasayanam i will only chant brahma samhita i will not chant durga sastra if wife is becoming fanatical like this husband is no both will be excellent devotees but marriage is set for failure utter failure <laughs> why because now what is wrong okay fine if it creates peace in the family 
and anyway she is not asking you to cut meat is she asking you to cut meat she is asking you to worship goddess durga so what is the problem prabhupad also said respect the demigods by such behavior actually the wife the the daughter in law can endear herself to the mother in law in that sense after that the mother in law so pleased that she will ask the daughter in law you are so happy and such a nice human being how come you are such a nice human being always having this nice mentality and attitude even when i trouble you and then what does the daughter in law say that's because you know krishna gives me that strength from within and then what happens you have set a positive affirmation in the mind of the mother in law about the positive power of krishna bhakti rather than by our behavior set a negative example of being a devotee through our fanatical approach so therefore the job of a woman is actually very easy all we have to do is you know give priority to harmonious relationships over operating on a platform of fanaticism or operating on a foundation purely based on our own false ego so the process is very simple so prabhupad in this section it is coming out very beautifully that it is very easy to maintain a married life of course of course it doesn't mean husband doesn't have any responsibility husband also has responsibility what is the duty of a husband when is the married life peaceful when the husband gives quality time to wife quality time hmm? what is quality time what is quality time hmm? quality time does not mean okay let us sit husband and wife let us sit together and always we will converse shrimad bhagavatam with each other nice i am not saying no but let us be normal human beings also no if the wife is going through for example you know some uh, let us say wife is not well okay the husband says you should not lament for that which is not worthy of lamentation bhagavad gita says that we are not this body now this is correct only technically you are correct scripturally you are correct but it is a foolish it, it, if husband keeps on telling like this what happens she will say hey can you be a normal human being for a change <laughs> because devotees are expected to be normal human beings krishna himself when satyabhama was angry what did lord krishna do i am the supreme personality of godhead you can't get angry at me come on the whole world worship me as vishnu vishnu karke bulate hai mujhe and you getting angry at me me does he say like that no what does he say he goes satyabhama he say devi what happened why and narad muni is observing all that krishna is combing the hair of his wife right can we be that husband if we do that do you think the lord will not be pleased i'm not saying everyone should comb wives i'm not saying that i'm just giving an example the lord himself also shows loving affection towards his wife so why do you think we in his bhakti don't have to do that why are we thinking like that right so it is this mutual affection that will sustain married life so being a devotee automatically means being a good husband it is not something separate when we separate the principles of household life from the principles of bhakti we will make the biggest mistake in our life that is why prabhupad said grihastha ashram ashram everything of krishna consciousness comes under the word 
ashram ashram means taking shelter of the lord ashram means conducting ourselves in householder life in accordance with that which pleases krishna that is when we are taking shelter of krishna that is when ashram will come right hmm? so therefore this section is bringing out the 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 simple simple principles of grihastha ashram very well this section teaches us how by just letting go of our small false ego we can actually save ourselves from going through the danger of separation in a grihastha ashram so very nice section and more many more points are there about you know um, the duties of how a woman can win over a husband in this particular section of course in another section prabhupada will also talk about how husband what is the duties of a husband towards a wife bhagavatam is not gender biased <laughs> because bhagavatam is amala purana right bhagavatam is for everyone in that sense bhagavatam is the most secular scripture that we can see so this is the mode of this particular section so in the ensuing sections we will see how kardamamuni is dealing with his uh, wife and out of his wisdom hmm, the way he is dealing what good outcomes come in this married life hmm, as offsprings which are demigods while otherwise she has up till now only been producing asuric children hmm. so that will come in the future i'll stop here we have five more minutes for any questions uh, corrections or any points Yes Madhuri yes. One minute take the mic Thank you for the nice class um we seen this past time of Jitra Ketu Maharaj um when he lost his son his wife started blaspheming blaming the lord for like um for the son um and then we seen Draupadi's past time when Ashwatthama killed her sons she forgave him and then again we see here in this past time she was she wants to take revenge so when we are having difficulties um what how can we understand what to do to forgive a person to take revenge from them or like to bl- blame them something okay so when we are in difficulty how do we make a decision whether to forgive the person or to chastise the person um, to forgive the person or to like take revenge from that person hmm. how do we take such decision vengeful mentality is not conducive for krishna bhakti there is no doubt about that there is no doubt about that to get back at someone is not in line or aligned with the principles of krishna bhakti okay in fact the bhagavad gita in chapter 2 itself talks about what matra sparshastu kaunteya sita ushna sukha dukha daha agamapayino anityastam sikshashva bharata which means in this material world which has been designed to give us frustrations it has been designed this material world is not designed to give us eternal happiness 
it is we out of our foolishness think that no problems will come in our life and therefore we either we we tend to lose our faith in krishna or we tend to blame others for our difficulties okay but at the very outset bhagavad bhagavad gita itself says that devotees have to develop tolerance and resilience to go through the difficult different challenges that have uh, that the material world poses now the question is given these challenges how do we respond do we pardon or do we punish okay that's a question let us take an example okay i can since i saw you know mata ji i am remembering this example okay your car was burnt right by someone right so there is some druggy who came outside our building okay and he was operating in this area he burnt her car and went away now if that person comes what do we do we say i pardon you here is my other car i have one more car can you please burn that car also i am very compassionate on all living souls do we do that no that is being foolish okay so giving chastisement is not wrong not everything can be pardoned right pardoning something out of our own delusion that i am a good person is foolishness does it make sense sometimes people pardon others not out of compassion because they want to show others that i am a very good person right which means that decision is not transcendental it is still within the material mode of goodness so we don't pardon when that situation does not warrant pardon the situation has to warrant pardon for pardoning someone that person again i am repeating something which i have told in earlier classes also for pardoning some someone the person has to show three things three r's remember three r's the person has to first recognize that i am at fault then you can pardon right not only recognize but the person also has to feel remorse about what he or she did right otherwise did you burn my car yeah i burnt your car so what will you pardon such person <laughs> he has recognized yeah i burnt but recognition has to be followed with what remorse i am so sorry that you know i burnt your car that is the second step when you can say okay this person has taken two steps towards being pardoned but after the person says i feel very sorry but you know what again they come and burn your car and say you know what i don't know somehow i i have this habit of burning cars will you pardon that person no no it's your habit no it's okay you have recognized you feel sorry also but i feel sorry genuinely every time i burn a car can you pardon that person so the third step is what rectification recognition remorse and rectification if that person has rectified or says that i'm going to work towards it i'm going to rectify i'll not do it again then you go and go and beat up that person you remember you burnt my car therefore i'm going to kill you now okay i'm sorry i used that example i'm so sorry but suddenly that came into my mind but if a person is a habitual drug addict he should be put in jail and he should be hung after that because he is risking the lives of so many people he is a nuisance to society so give capital punishment and that is a problem with many countries who are not doing this okay they just give some counseling and let the person go and person say hang on i can go on repeating this offense nothing is happening to me that is nonsense in the in the mode of goodness we are we are think you know we are very good society you know very pardoning but pardon should be where 
it deserves pardon so dand or punishment actually now when should we punish is punishment bad or good punishment is good if the intent of punishment is reformation and not revenge i am repeating punishment is good if the intention behind the punishment is reformation and not resentment or revenge is does this answer your question yeah okay thank you anything else you give an example when we are going through difficulty or when we are uh, crying in front of the lord mm-hmm. and we may come and pray to krishna that you know you are just standing there with the flute and not <laughs> doing anything but even in that situation krishna we may not be in control and we may not know that krishna is in control but krishna is definitely in control how to have that kind of strong faith or understanding how to develop that kind of consciousness how to develop that kind of faith so i'm i'm translating your question in a different way bhakti has got various stages hmm? bhakti sh- sh- starts with what shraddha then sadhu sangha then bhajana kriya then anartha nivritti and then comes nishtha what is the difference between shraddha and nishtha both have both are faith nishtha also means faith shraddha also means faith but still there is a difference between shraddha and nishtha shraddha means loose faith whereas nishtha means strong faith which vishnu chakravarti takur calls as condensed faith strong faith right so we are not in the platform of nishtha today therefore when we when we are faced with very very difficult situations in our life sometimes our faith can our loose faith we have faith so that faith keeps us continued in our krishna consciousness but because that faith is loose we tend to blame the lord thinking that he does not understand what is good for us or he is being too hard on us <laughs> like that that is just a symptom it just tells us that i am in the stage of anartha nivritti it just tells us that that's all so what to do now the answer is simple continue the process of bhakti consult devotees okay devotees are very helpful we have to consult devotees who have that faith there is no other way because only a devotee who has stronger faith than we have in krishna only that devotee will be able to keep us fixed in that situation if we ask another devotee he said yeah even i am going through a lot of problem and i also thinking what nonsense going on krishna is doing you know if he starts speaking like that what happens then you say yeah two people with loose faith are conversing with each other now right so therefore we have to take shelter of people who have that higher faith especially it is good to discuss with those devotees who have gone through a similar problem that we have gone through and still they have come out at the other end keeping their bhakti intact that will that is a practical step that we can take you know in that sense of course personally sometimes what helps me is immediately studying shrimad bhagavatam taking shelter of shrimad bhagavatam because shrimad bhagavatam has that magical power to somehow lift us beyond the three modes of material nature the moment we come in contact with it 
दिट हेज गॉट द पॉवर बिकॉज इट इज वॉट कृष्ण स्वधाम उपगते नर धर्म ज्ञानादिभि सह कलो नष्ट दृशमेश पुराण अर्क अधुनोदित कृष्ण हिमसेल्फ हेज कम इन द बुक फॉर्म तो दिस इज कृष्ण ओनली एसोसिएटिंग विद द लॉर्ड हिमसेल्फ एंड हिज इंस्ट्रक्शन एंड पास टाइम्स सो समाइम्स हियरिंग अ गुड लेक्चर गुड क्लास विच टॉक्स अबाउट हाउ टू फेस एडवर्सिटीज इन लाइफ और हाउ टू यू नो हाउ डिवोटीज हैव डन दैट हु हैव गॉन थ्रू सच एडवर्सिटीज दीज आर सम ऑफ द थिंग्स दैट हैव कैन हेल्प Hare Krishna. Okay, it's now nine five, so I think I should stop. Hmm? Okay, so if there are any other questions, we'll take it offline. Hmm? Shila Prabhupada ki jai, Granthraj Shrimad Bhagavatam ki jai, Samaved Bhaktavrind ki jai.